This spot is brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Parametric Equity Premium Income ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find institutional expertise from a specialized team with deep derivatives experience. Get to know what's inside PAPI, the symbol of alternative income, at eatonvance.com slash symbols. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. Today on Watching Your Wealth, what you need to know about the luxury sharing economy. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Brad Stewart is chairman and CEO of ExoJet. Welcome, Brad. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. So, Brad, tell us, what is the luxury sharing economy? Well, I think it's many ways similar to the sharing economy that you'd see across all segments of, of the socioeconomic ladder. Just like you can get a car, car service through Lyft or Uber today, you can now get just about anything that historically you would have bought. So a yacht, a private jet, uh, a luxury villa, uh, you name it, you can get something in an on-demand way and in a sharing way. Very neat. So I definitely want to talk about each of those categories. But first, what do you think is behind this trend other than sharing is so popular now? Because in the past, I would think, well, this is probably before 2008, many of the wealthy just wanted their own stuff. They didn't want to have to share. So is it the economy that's still part of this, even amongst the wealthy? I think there's a bunch of uh, factors driving it. So, you know, first off, I think people as consumers are just getting smarter and savvier. And so just like 100 years ago, there wasn't really mortgages, and then there was, and you could borrow to own a home. I think each incremental decade brings a little bit more sophistication in terms of how people purchase things and what's the right economic way to purchase based on your use profile. Uh, I think the second uh, dynamic is that people are shifting, uh, I think, gradually, but over time in a meaningful way towards more experiences and and less about sort of uh, status through ownership. Um, and, you know, I think the, the last thing is people want to try. They want trial, right? So if you're looking at a home in Costa Rica, for example, or Belize or some other tropical location, and you haven't got your, uh, your you know, head set on one particular location, being able to try it, experience it, uh, see, you know, what's good and bad about a certain location, for example, ultimately helps you make a, a good long-term choice. So I don't think these things are like black and white. Um, they're not like I don't buy, I only share. Uh, or only rent and, you know, maybe someday I'll buy it. It's very gradual and it's very, very much slices of the economy and then slices of, you know, what's right for somebody depending on how old they are and where they stand in life. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to say it probably varies depending on your age and your stage in life and your stage, your level of wealth, too. I would think that changes over time and also so your your desire or need to purchase certain assets also changes over time. So what are some of the things you're you're hearing from people in terms of what they're looking for when they travel by jet? Well, I think the biggest misnomer for folks who haven't flown privately a lot is that, you know, it's sort of luxury in the in the form of caviar and lobster and champagne. And there's certainly some of that when people are traveling for, for leisure. But mostly what I'm hearing from sort of the modern economy is that people are looking to private jets as an efficiency tool um, for very senior executives who are under a tremendous amount of workload and stress. 
their, their quality of life um, and, and sort of sustainability tool. Um, and what you see when somebody who, who really uses a private jet well is that they're able to do so much more with their time, uh, both uh, business, both personal, and ultimately, you know, if they are philanthropic or, or socially minded, they're able to you know, squeeze that in too. So that's sort of the biggest trend that I see in, in one of the storylines that I don't think private aviation in general tells well enough. What about the cost to do this? So how much does it cost to have that on-demand jet? So in terms of you know, monthly committed capital uh, or, or sort of deposit capital, it costs nothing. And this is the big change between a fractional or timeshare model or even a full aircraft ownership model and the on-demand economy. This is probably the biggest economic shift. Uh, so we don't charge uh, monthly management fees. We don't ch- require you know, deposited capital that's non-refundable. We just charge you by the trip you know, as you come. And really the answer to your question of like how much it costs in terms of per trip or per hour depends greatly on what somebody needs. If you're a you know global Fortune 50 CEO who's traveling a world tour in a, in a Gulfstream 650, for example, you could be looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars for that unique trip. If, on the other hand, you're just a family of four that's you know traveling from New York to the Hamptons or New York to uh, Nantucket, you know you could be looking at just a few thousand dollars. Interesting. Let's talk about yachts. What have you seen in that space in terms of the sharing economy? So I think yachts are, are even, if, if, if private jets are sort of opaque and misunderstood, I, I think yachts are even more so. Um, it's an even rarer uh, experience. Um, you know, principally, yacht experiences have come through ownership or, or knowing somebody that owns one. Um, but just like you see in private aviation, just like you're seeing, seeing in luxury home, vacation rentals, et cetera, uh, you're seeing the ability to use brokers, to use um, sort of membership models to access what would otherwise be a 20 to $100 million asset. And so, you know, whether it's the Caribbean, uh, uh, you know, in and around uh, the Greek Isles, there is a pretty robust on-demand um, marketplace for, for luxury yachts at this point. And speaking of islands, we're even seeing private islands for rent, no doubt. Um, Sir Richard Branson's uh, infamous or, or famous, and, you know, recently there were pictures taken of uh, the last president of the United States, um, you know, experiencing what you just talked about. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point in time, and it's only going to continue for the next several decades and uh, and going forward, you know, pretty much anything that you uh, can experience um, can be rented. At what point do you think it makes sense to buy? It's, it's really about two dimensions, I think, Veronica. The first is how much you use it. Um, and so in private aviation, there's sort of this rule of thumb that if you fly in the 250, call it 300 hours a year uh, or more, you know, it does start to make economic sense to just own a plane. Um, I think the second uh, dimension is how do you want to consume it? And so a lot of people, you know, for example, in second homes continue to tell me that, you know, I could make more money on, you know, renting my property out or I could save some money by renting it from somebody else. But I just you know, I want to have my stuff there, my the pictures of my of my kids and, you know, leave my skis in, in sort of Aspen, for example. Um, and so if that second dimension is just so important to you that you're willing to sacrifice some of the economic gains of renting, then I do think, you know, it's 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 time to start thinking about ownership. Um, so really, those are the two factors, how much you're using it and ultimately how much it matters that, you know, you really can lay claim to uh, the title of something. 
Interesting. Brad, we need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'd love for you to take our fun financial quiz. This spot is brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Parametric Equity Premium Income ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find institutional expertise from a specialized team with deep derivatives experience. Get to know what's inside PAPI, the symbol of alternative income, at eatonvance.com slash symbols. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. Make sure to check out the Future of Everything podcast because the future is closer than you think. All new episodes each Friday in June. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. We're back with ExoJets' Brad Stewart, who's going to take our fun financial quiz. You ready, Brad? Absolutely. Brad, what's the best financial advice you ever heard? Make more than you spend. And what's the worst financial advice you ever heard? Go ahead and buy new things that depreciate. Fill in the blank, money can buy. Security. Fill in the blank, money can't buy. Fulfillment. If you won a million dollars after tax, what would you do with it? Invest it. Thanks, Brad. This has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thank you. And do you have a wealth management or personal finance question you'd like us to cover? Email us at podcast at dowjones.com. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening.